How do you evaluate stable companies in a down economy when you're looking for a new job? Hey there, I'm Ian Douglas. I'm the author of the website, techinterview.guide, and I'm here to help people with career advancement and interview preparation. My live stream on Twitch covers topics such as company research, how to build resumes and cover letters, applying for the job, getting through interviews, and what to do during negotiations. I've coached thousands and thousands of people over the years to get jobs at the biggest tech companies in the industry, and I'm here to help you too. The following episode is taken from a longer live stream event and may contain interactions with other people in chat. Check out the end of the episode for more information. Let's get to it. Um, Sam E.G., good to see you in chat. Thanks for the uh, first time chat as well. We give you some blinky lights and some sort of greeting audio. I don't have my, uh, my uh, earphones in to know what it's playing, so hopefully it's not obnoxious. Um, how would you evaluate whether a company is safe to jump into in a down economy? That's a good question. I think a lot of it, you have to look at the age of the company, what they're doing, who they are serving as customers, what they do, um, and the longevity of that. So, for example, there's a lot of infrastructure building going on. There's a lot of push towards renewable energy. I think those kinds of companies are going to do well. Other companies are going to do well who have actual product that people want to use. We've been talking a lot about this at, at Postman where I work right now um, because a lot of companies don't want to have to go build something themselves if there's already an API that'll do it. So how do we tie all these APIs together? And we encourage people use Postman to like go test out those APIs and do all the things. And so our business model is pretty solid because we're a tool that other companies are using to build APIs and test API integrations and, and all that kind of stuff. So it, I think if you can find the companies that are building APIs that other companies are already using, then that's a pretty good stable sort of company. It's not guaranteed. Like don't, don't take this as like, you know, market advice or anything like that. But I think that, you know, companies who aren't trying to drum up like, hey, this is why you should use our business. We're the best. If they're brand new at something, it's going to be riskier for other companies. Like they're not going to want to take the risk. At the same time, I think a lot of companies are like, should we build this or should we like, should we build it ourselves or should we, you know, buy that service from someone else? And it's, it's what we call build versus buy in the industry. And so a lot of companies are going to start evaluating, why are we paying, you know, for the service? Could we build it ourselves? versus, hey, we hired this whole team to build this thing out, but turns out there's this company over here that does the exact same thing, but they only charge like, you know, we would pay them a thousand bucks a month instead of us paying 10 engineers, $10,000 a month each. Why don't we just go like pay for that other service and we can, you know, stop paying these other engineers and then they get laid off. But the company saves money and they've got, you know, uh, some sort of integration that they need. That can also be a reason for layoffs and things like that. When companies realize that they're they're doing things that are redundant in the industry and they're going to try to find ways of sort of using and, and repurposing what's already out in the industry. And those are the kinds of companies that are going to stick around is the companies that are building those building blocks. I just did a talk recently on like how do we get non-developers into the world and I, I was talking about like building Lego sets and how we as developers, if we can build the blocks and then teach people how to put these blocks together, then using like no code or low code, like visual programming tools, make it a lot easier for non-developers to help with that process. Um, and I think that those kinds of companies are going to do extremely well, especially for companies that can't or don't want to afford 
really high developer salaries. They're going to be looking at how do we how do we build these integrations with these visual tools. Go find those companies that are building those visual tools. I think they're going to do very well over the next couple of years. Um, security, I think, is going to be a really important thing. There was uh, a lot of stuff in the news recently where they're saying a lot of security analysts are quitting their jobs because they're burning out. There are so many security attacks and so few people who are really well trained to detect and stop these security attacks and data breaches and things like that, that the people that are in the industry are burning out and they're leaving the industry, which leaves a gigantic hole. And so a lot of companies are going to be scrambling around security tooling and security automation and things like that. Go find those companies. Go apply at those companies. There are a lot of good like startups who are trying to do like security scanning in CICD pipelines and so on. Um, I interviewed at one of them. They, they had made me an offer back in January. It's a company here in Colorado called Stackhawk. And they do security scanning as part of your CICD. And they'll stop your deployment if it doesn't pass a security check. Things like that. Those kinds of companies, I think, are going to stick around because other companies realize, hey, that's important. We don't want to have to build it ourselves, or our security people all just quit. So we have to go buy a service that's going to do that for us. That's where you're going to find stability in those jobs. So can you get into tech? Absolutely. Are there jobs that are going to make it through the recession? Absolutely. That's how you find them. Is you, you look at what our company is going to need and you go apply for jobs at those companies. And then you're going to have the stability. When I first moved to the United States from Canada back in 2000, um, I, I applied for a whole bunch of jobs. One company wrote back and said, we'll, we'll fly you down uh, from Canada. We'll put you in a hotel for a couple of weeks. Try the job. See if you like the job. And if you like it, then we'll hire you and you can move down. All the other companies I, well, the other, the other companies that I applied to that, uh, that responded when I was applying back in 2000 said, if you already lived here, we would hire you. But we can't pay to like do the visa and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm, it's a NAFTA visa. You don't have to pay any sponsorship or anything like that. But by then they had already closed the, the conversation. But the company that I ended up going to, they were processing credit reports. Not a terribly glamorous job. But when the economy starts tanking, which happened in early 2001, um, I was actually thinking about leaving the job, leaving California, moving back to Canada in uh, by like Christmas or so of, of 2000. And in uh, over that Christmas break, I actually interviewed with a company back in Ottawa about like moving back to Ottawa and, and getting a job. And they're like, okay, well, we have to hire a senior level dev and then we can bring you in as an intermediate level dev. And so I got put on hold. And, uh, and then the whole dot-com bust happened in early 2001. If I had gotten that job, I would have been the first one out the door. Because again, that's the risk you take when you change a job during an economic downturn where you don't know if a company is stable enough. You don't know if you're going to keep that job. And so I'm, I'm like, well, I guess I'll just stay in this job. Like, you know, I, I hated my manager. It was like super, super toxic manager. Didn't like working with him. Um, friendly enough guy most of the time, but he was not a good manager. He was not a good uh, good technology manager to work under for a lot of reasons. And, um, with, with that job, I'm like, I hate going to my job every day, but it was interesting work. I was getting the work done and, and I was wearing a lot of hats. I was learning a ton. It was a startup and I was doing a lot of things. And I'm like, I guess I'll stick it out at this job for a little while longer until I can find something else. Well, then the whole dot-com bust happened. Well, it turns out when you're at a company that processes credit reports and the economy takes a downturn, 
everybody suddenly wants to refinance their house or at the time because companies were paying you know ridiculous salaries and also like paying out tons and tons of stock options and they were trying to attract talent at the time with equity and banks are like oh you're working for that startup that startup's worth a gazillion dollars with all this equity like sure we'll let you finance that house using this equity that's worthless on paper um it's like here i got your i got your collection of equity right here in this box of kleenex you know like that's how much your equity is actually worth um until your company has a an exit event of some kind but banks back in 2001 weren't getting the concept and that's why it was such a big crash because People were backing all kinds of loans on worthless promises. Well, our company started going through the roof because everybody was refinancing their house and refinancing their cars and refinancing all kinds of debt. And so we were processing credit reports left, right, and center. And so our business took off um, and it, it made us very busy. And that was fantastic for us. On the flip side, when you realize that your business is doing well because other people are being impacted on a personal level, didn't feel great, but I had job security. And so I think that's how you find those companies is you have to, you have to look at the landscape of what's going on in the world. Who are the companies that are going to be helping in that kind of scenario? And can I move into those companies? I think the sooner you can make those determinations and make those moves, the easier it's, it's going to be. So a couple of ideas there on how I think you can kind of weather the storm uh, through some of that. Thanks for checking that out. I hope that you found it helpful. I always appreciate feedback, so please let me know what you think. I appreciate any subscriptions, so please tell your friends and colleagues about it as well. Check out the website techinterview.guide for more information about when I'm live streaming and all of my free content. Drop by a live stream anytime to ask questions or message me privately, whatever makes you most comfortable. See you next time.